Man, five years shot by. You'll stand with me. Get to read the God's Word. Turn to Proverbs 30, 15 through 16. When you're there, say amen. The whore leech has two daughters. Cry and give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things. Say not, it is enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and a fire that saith not, it is enough. I want to talk to you a little while about something that plagues the spiritual man. Something that will rob you of your spiritual power, your spiritual happiness, your spiritual strength. Something that plagues us all. I want to talk to you about spiritual leeches. Let us pray. Father, I love you, Jesus. I come before you as your humble servant, asking that you would help us in this service. Anoint your message. Anoint your servant to deliver it. Help the people to hear. Pour your sweet Holy Ghost all over this room. Touch every heart, mind, and spirit. And we will give you honor, glory, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, and all that love the Lamb of God shouted, Amen and Amen. What is a leech? A leech is a parasite that feeds off the blood of the toast. Some leeches can grow up to 18 inches long. Leeches live just about everywhere on the planet Earth. Although leeches are not dangerous, they can be fatal if they feed long enough. You won't even know that they're attached to you. They don't have venom, but they have they have a secretion that they emit that numbs the spot where they bite you. And they hardly go unnoticed. In this proverb written by Agar, who some say is Solomon under a different name, but ultimately he is unknown. He writes that the horse leech has two daughters named Give and Give. They are never satisfied. They take and take until the source is dried up, just like the grave, like the barren womb, the earth not filled with water, and the fire. Beware of spiritual leeches. The grave will never cease to take in bodies. The barren womb will never cease to want for a child. The earth will never want, will always want water. And the fire will always want fuel. We all experience some kind of drainage, emotional drainage, physical drainage, and spiritual drainage. We must maintain a balance or we will burn out. Exodus 18, 13 through 18. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest there thyself alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning until evening. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, 
They come unto me, and I judge between one and another. And I do make them known the statutes of, of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear, wear away, both thou and the people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Moses was a man with a clear calling from the Lord. But as he moved through his ministry, he became overwhelmed with daily job-like tasks. Administration crowded out prophecy in his life. Dealing with the issues of three million people was taking its toll. That's a lot of people. I think that they calculate that's just men. That's not women or children. The nation of Israel came to Moses for spiritual and everyday matters. If you are the only one dealing with these matters of three million people, that is a massive burden. Dealing with all these issues of the people lasts from morning till evening. Moses is being drained by spiritual leeches. Moses following law, Jethro sees, sees this and gives him some advice to lessen the burden on Moses. Because one, Moses cannot deal with all the issues of the people forever. He will burn out. And two, he's not talking to the Lord because the people and their issues are taking up all of his time. Moses takes his father-in-law's advice, and they form a system. So now that Moses is not old, the only one handling the issues, and Moses goes back to talking to the Lord, then they get manna, food, and provisions. Because now the man of God is in his rightful place. It is not only the physical, everyday things that drain us. All the chores that have to be done. Things that have to be taken care of. The drain of life from, from us, they, they become spiritual leeches. It's not only, not only the everyday things. It's the world, the flesh people in the world dealing with things that pop up from drama at work to issues at, on the drive home it's the old life hurts to a new life calling the ministry it's physical ailments to the lack of rest it's a matter of taking care of yourself so you can better serve the Lord it's about facing all the trials of everyday life it all boils down to one thing spiritual warfare if the devil can't make you bad It'll make you busy. Distraction is one of his greatest tactics. Why? Because it's subtle. We don't realize that the enemy uses that to get us off course. The greatest trick the, ever, the devil ever played is convincing the world that he never existed. But the ultimate goal that he has is to separate you from the Lord, and he will do whatever it takes to get you there and send whoever he needs to accomplish this goal. Closer you get to the Lord, the craftier the devil has to become to fool you. Beware of spiritual leeches. Ever had those people in your life who just seem to drain the life out of you? When you were talking to them, you can just feel the life being drained away. 
And you get to the point that even the mention of their name exhausts you. Who's calling me? No, thank you. I'm not saying this to be mean, but this is real. Not everyone in your path is sent by the Lord. Some have been sent on assignment from the devil to try to destroy your dreams, your family, your ministry, and your life. They will do anything to distract you from the Lord's purposes. Even test your faith. There are different kinds of spiritual leeches. Or different levels of spiritual leeches, I should say. Some of these people come around only when they have a problem. And they only want you to listen to it. And it's usually the same or type of problem you have already given them advice for. Ten times, and they didn't take the heat the first ten times, and number eleven ain't looking good either. This probably won't be the one that clicks into the brain, but you're hopeful. And some of them only just come around to know your business. They ask how, they ask how they can pray for you, so they can pray upon you. Some come around. When they notice the anointing on your life, these leeches want to attempt to drain off your anointing. Spiritual leeches will try and drain you dry if you are not careful. These people will use you as long as you allow them to. But when they realize you are on to them and that you are no longer playing their games anymore, they will seek out another host to feed on. But not before gossiping and slandering your name for not being there for them since you call yourself a Christian. Wow. Some people are just devious. Beware of these people, my friends. If anyone is bringing you down to the point of mental, physical, and spiritual exhaustion, they got to go. If they hinder the flow, they got to go. When God sends people into your life, you will know it. Because whatever the Lord calls us to do, he will equip us for it. He will give us the strength and the power to possess it. He will equip us for whatever he has called us to do. You will have an inner peace. You will not feel drained and stressed and doing everything possible to avoid these people. Be aware of spiritual leeches. Sometimes it's a test. I swear you got to stay in prayer. You got to stay prayed up. Matthew 16, 1 through 12. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would shew them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is even, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather to the day, for the sky is red and lowering. O oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seek after a sign, and there shall be no sign given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left him and departed. 
And when his disciples came to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye little faith, why ye among yourselves, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not understand? Neither remember the five loaves of the five thousands? How many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousands? And how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that ye should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then understood they how that they bade them not beware of the leavened bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The Pharisees and the Sadducees in theological manners represented two extreme doctrines, but, they are, but their hostility gives way to a united front. They have come to trip up the Savior. They ask him to give them a sign from heaven. They are asking for a sign to persuade the Lord into a compromising position. What sign did they want? Who knows? Maybe they wanted some supernatural sign in the sky. All the miracles that Jesus had performed were on earth. Could he do celestial miracles as well? Was that the sign that they wanted? I find the Lord's answer funny because it reminds me of a rhyme that I was told when I was young. Most of my family were in the Navy and they were sailors. I've told the kids many times this. They probably they probably could quote it themselves. Red skies at night, sailors delight. Red skies in the morning, sailors take warning. I've heard that my whole entire life. I find that funny. The religious group could tell what the weather would be like by reading the colors of the sky, but they could not interpret the signs of the time. What were the signs, the miracles prophesied of the Messiah, things that no man had ever done, and these things had, had been performed in their presence. In all this, they had no sense of history being made or prophecy being fulfilled. And seeking for a sign when he, when he stood it, when he himself stood in their midst. The Pharisees and the Sadducees exposed themselves as being evil. Spiritually adulterous generation, beware of the spiritual leeches. The religious leaders of that day had seen and heard just about everything Jesus had done. He had fed thousands of people with few loaves of bread and fish, but they wanted a sign from heaven. And they had never, they had their own idea of what that was, but Jesus wouldn't yield. He would not let anybody tell him what he must do. Only God can set his agenda. He had told his disciples the son can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus would not deviate. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had already set their own terms for following him, and the Lord would not meet their demands. Do we do that sometimes? 
Lord, if you'll make this if you make this book into a ham sandwich, I'll follow you. Ah, well, then become a ham sandwich and get something done. Is that how we get? The Lord is not a puppeteer. Things that don't happen when you ask for them, there is a reason for it. Do we know? I can't even tell you. He works it out for our good, benefit, things that we don't need. If you thought he was a magic genie, you're wrong. So the Lord won't meet his de- their demands. They won't take him as, as he is, except the evidence already there. They were loved. They were wanted. This is what everyone needed to do. But there would be no discount on discipleship to suit their preferences. When it comes to Christianity, there is only one master. That is Jesus. And no one can manipulate him in, to fit their preferences. Beware of spiritual leashes. I have a friend. About a year ago, his mom died of cancer in about, I think, I think it was three months. His his dad went the wrong way on a on a road, and plowed into somebody, and killed both drivers. So within in the last year, he has lost his mom and his dad in the side of six months. He's always been kind of troubled. Growing up, now it's it's escalated. He calls me from time to time. A friend calls me a couple weeks ago. He starts to ask me, how can I reconcile with God? What do you mean? You are not mad with him for taking mom and dad? No. He didn't take them. He allowed things to happen. For what reason? I don't know. His ways are higher than our ways. This is about the fourth or the fifth time we have had this conversation, and it's always the same. This is a couple weeks ago. I'm in the middle of writing some, some messages. This time around, I am tired. I got two messages to write. I don't have time for this debate. But he's like my brother. And he is lost. He continues, why does God hate me? God doesn't hate you. He gave us his son, Jesus, to die for us. How can he hate you? But he torments me. I can't get the voices to stop. Dude, that ain't God. Now, he might use him to get you to cry out to Jesus, but he is not tormenting you. Have you tried to pray and talk to him? Yeah. He just tells me to shut up. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Why would he tell me to shut up? I don't know. That doesn't sound like his normal response. It's not usually his M.O. What are you praying about? I was asking him why he took my parents. I don't know, man. I don't have 
have to say that wasn't God. Well, how do I reconcile with God? You most of all have everything to get to be mad about, and yet you're not mad at him. Dude, I gave that all to Jesus a long time ago. I got no need for it. I will say my friend is persistent. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty positive, dude. Do I sound and act like the same man that you knew 20 years ago? No. Then what's the issue? What is the issue? You act like you don't believe any of it. I just don't see how you could change. Tiger don't, tiger don't change his stripes. Jesus has to remove them. Well, I don't understand all that. Yes, you do. We've already been down this road. You grew up in more church than I did. Well, how do I reconcile with God? Dude, you got to fall on your face, repent of your sins, and believe Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for us. Why? Because that's the only way to the Father is through the Son. What if there's another way? Sorry, there's no other way. What if there is? Pray not, dude. It's in the book. Well, I was reading. I don't care what you were reading. You're grasping at straws. There is no other way. It's Jesus or nothing. You want to be healed from the pain? You want to be delivered from this torment? Fall on your face and worship the one and only Jesus Christ who spilled his blood for all of us. I won't do it! Then why are you calling me? You know this is what I'm going to tell you. It's what I've told you for the last year. He took my parents from me. Oh, now we're back to this. Dude, you were trying to blame the Lord for the death of mom and dad and trying to blame the Lord for everything else that has happened in your life. What about their part in it? What about your part in it? If this is what you want to do every time you try to talk to the Lord, no wonder he's telling you to shut up. He is tired of your belly aching over the same thing because you aren't listening. The Lord is not going to argue with you. He wants to restore you. But you are hard-headed and want to blame everyone else for your problems. Grow up. Things happen. Events take place. I don't know why. His ways are higher than our ways. But it's all for a purpose. By this time, he's crying. He's crying and he's calmed down. He knows he's upset me. He knows I'm mad. Man, I, why would he want me? He loves you. I'm not worth anything. Why would he want me as his child? I did bad things. Okay. Did you kill Christians? What? You heard me. Did you kill Christians? Did you have them beat, stoned? 
killed in prison? No. Did you have them beheaded? No. Well, if a dude like that in the Bible could do all those stuff and the Lord forgave him, turned his life around, and used him to write two-thirds of the gospel, then I think he can use you. Well, well what, if, what if I don't want to be used? Dude. I'll tell you what, then. You sit over there in your chair and brood for the next 30 years. I can't help you. I have told you the way. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to the Lord. I don't know what else to tell you. You want to blame it all on the Lord because the devil wants to keep you separated from him. By this time, I have been on the hour on the phone for an hour and a half. I'm already tired. I got too much junk to do to be in this conversation and this conversation is going nowhere. And it's all about to take a track back to the beginning of the phone call. Dude, I got to go. I haven't eaten. It's dinner time. Oh, okay, but this talk isn't over. Unfortunately, I know that. Just talking about this encounter is exhausting. I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sure if, he is, if I'm meant to help him or if he is a distraction. Maybe both. I get the feeling that sometimes he just calls to see if, if I will give give him the same answer. If I've changed, almost like he's really he's testing me to see. I know you're in there somewhere. Where's the man that I used to know? Who knows? There's no telling what goes through his brain. I don't know what game he's playing. I just know it's taxing, drained by spiritual leeches. Once Jesus had answered the Pharisees and the Sadducees and knows what they want, he turns and leaves them. I think it's in Mark, they say he sighs. <sighs> kind of like I do with my friend. Oh, dude. This again. You've already seen all the signs and the miracles that I've done. I'm telling you, I'm the Son of God. I'm the, I'm the Messiah, yet you still want more. Just like my buddy, dude, I've told you where the resource is. I've told you who changed my stripes. I've told you where you can, where you can get your healing, but still, you don't want to listen. You don't want to believe. There's not much I can do. So just like Jesus, I had to walk away. So he turns and leaves. And when the disciples rejoin the Lord on the east side of the lake, they had forgotten to take food with them. When Jesus gave them a warning to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the disciples thought he meant don't go to religious people for food. They were so caught up with some food. He still had a spiritual, he has, uh, still had a spiritual encounter on his mind. All they can think about is bread. Hmm. Their preoccupation, their preoccupation with the food caused them to look for a literal meaning, where a spiritual lesson was needed. 
the disciples are still worried about a food shortage, despite the one who had just fed 4,000 and fed 5,000 was with them. I don't think I'd be worried about any food if Jesus is right beside me. I don't think I'd be worried about much if Jesus was right beside me. I'm probably pretty sure that with my faith, if I was in the boat, I'd be sleeping right next to him. Oh, it's a storm. Where's Jesus? He's down at the. He's down there sleeping. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's Brother Paul right next to him. I ain't worried about it. None of us should be worried about it. Jesus said, "We going. Pack your bags. We going." What Jesus is saying about the two religious groups is that the Pharisees' doctrine is defined as hypocrisy. They profess and adhere to the Word of God in a minutest of details, yet their obedience was external and shallow. Inwardly, they were evil and corrupt. The Sadducees was rationalism. The free thinkers of their day, they had built a system of doubt and denials. They denied the essence of angels, sorry, existence of angels and spirits. They denied the existence of the, of the resurrection of the body, immortality of the soul, and the eternal punishment. Their system, their system was skepticism. Jesus did not engage in a debate with these people. They are just there to trap him. That's what I feel like when my friend calls. Oh, dude. I have to be prayed up. Like he's looking for a way to trip me up. For a year now, his issue has always been the same. So just like Jesus, I had to get off the phone. You are not going to accept the truth or do what you need to do. You're just going to do what you want to do, and I can't help you. Beware of the spiritual leeches. If you'll stand, I'll close with this. I read a story the other day. A pastor would get a phone call from a lady in the church. She often called him at 1 or 2 in the morning. The ladies always had a new problem or a resurrected problem. And she had to speak to him on the phone right at that moment. A few times the pastor was a model helpful model of helpfulness to the lady. He would get out of bed sit in his chair and talk to her on the phone for 30 minutes to an hour. But the pastor soon realized the lady was controlling him. And whatever need he was meeting for her was not really working. So the next time the lady called, and again, it was at 2 a.m., he was ready. He did not get out of bed. Instead, all he told her was to go out your back door, stand in your yard, and stare at the sky, see all the stars, and then say to yourself, the God I know created every one of those stars in the sky, and if he can do that, then he is well able to look after all my problems. Then go back to sleep. The lady never called again. The lesson from Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees is this. There are people... We will never please. 
people we will never will not let go of their needs people who always have more demands some very draining people who always have other issues or other reasons why they cannot do the right thing Jesus faced them we will too so you know some someone that is draining on your energy dry if you're not seeing a spiritual growth it might be time to cut the cord you need to pray about it like my friend you're hindering the flow you got to go I don't know if he's a test a distraction or if I could really reach him I really think he calls just to live by my faith over the phone he gets his fix and I won't hear from him for a couple of months where are those spiritual leeches if they can keep your energy depleted that is less you will feel like doing in the kingdom because you're exhausted we all need to be prayed up charged and ready to go for the Lord's work if certain people are constantly in the way creating roadblocks it's time to let them go come to the altar and let, and let Jesus charge us Use discernment. Pray. You will. He will let you know. I can tell you this. I don't remember what camp meeting it was, but in a morning service, I had my head buried in one of these pews, and I was praying. I could see the face of the Savior right there. And all of a sudden, somebody started praying for me, and it was like static on a TV. I couldn't, I couldn't see him anymore. For one minute, his his face was clear as day, and the next minute, it was, it was like watching snow on a TV. I'm like, what in the world is going on? The person that was praying was praying over me left. I got some weird feeling. So from then on, my prayer was anytime we went to a church that we weren't familiar with, my prayer was, Lord, if they ain't right, you don't let them touch me. I've seen people come, and as soon as I would say that, they would walk around. They ain't right, you don't let them touch you. You have no idea what they're doing and what they're praying for. Don't trust them. Lord will send who you need. He will keep his own. Father, I have delivered your message. Lord, I hope your message finds good ground. Lord, meet us around these altars. Recharge us to be ready for the battle ahead to deal with the people that don't really want help. Father, I just pray that you would strengthen your church. Pour your spirit out in these last days. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We know that the road ahead is going to be hard. But we need your power. We need to be washed in your blood. And we need you by our side. And we believe for it in your holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on down. And we'll get recharged from the drainage of the spiritual leeches.